0: Well, as you can tell from that track, which is off the CD called Intoxicate from Michael Wolfe and Impure Thoughts, we are going to be talking now to one of the top musicians on this planet. He is a pianist, composer. He's led bands with Nancy Wilson and the Arsenio Hall Show Band. He's played with Sonny Rollins, Cannonball Adderley, and this CD, Intoxicate, we've been playing for quite a while here on the program. He's got four dates in New York City this week. At the West Bank Cafe, and we'll be talking all about that. But without further ado, I'm going to welcome to the upper room with Joe Kelly on WVOF, Mr. Michael Wolf. How you doing, Michael? Michael, how you doing? Good. I'm fine, and uh, we got mm. you all set. Good. And oh, we.
1: Hey, Nat, close the door, would you, Nat? Kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good.
0: So, uh, hey, you know, we have new studios here. So, uh, you know, this summer, love to have you. Yeah, i would love
1: to come up and try to do something. Yeah. You, yeah. So, so
0: it's real nice. And, and you're getting together. Uh, this week for four dates uh, in New York City with with uh, some fellows you, you've been loving to play with right on this record as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's great. We have uh, the band that I've been playing with for the last two and a half, three years is uh, the Impure Thoughts Band with uh, Alex Foster on saxophones and Frank Colonna percussion, Badal Roy on tablas, John B. Williams on bass, and Victor Jones on drums. And that's the regular band that we've been traveling around with and that I've recorded with the last two CDs.
0: So when you decided to record Intoxicate, how, how long were the songs in the making or have you been working with this band a well while
1: with that? Well, yeah, well, some of the tunes we'd been playing live and the, some sketches I just brought into the studio, most of them we had been playing, and then I had a, some rehearsing beforehand, but I had five days in the studio and I really wanted to approach it more like a live performance, even though it was in the studio, so that we just, like there's a tune Cool on there. We're n- I had written a whole melody. We never even got to the melody. We just were grooving so hard. We kept on the groove, so... You know, I just wanted it to progress as it progressed on our live uh, gigs because we don't plan anything out on the gigs. I mean, we have the basic structure of the tune, but we can go wherever it wants. And I never have a set list planned, and we just go from one instrument to the other. So that was the approach I wanted in the studio, as close as possible.
0: When you record with, you know, for jazz musicians, I mean, you're you're a musician, period. But you know, on that kind of schedule, jazz musician per se, is it is it a lot of pressure to get things done? during that time?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, but this band's been together long enough now that, the, you know, the first CD I felt more pressure on, just, we did different sessions, and, you know, I just didn't know as much how to deal with this band, but now that we've been together a while, and even though there are three drummers, you know, Tavo player, Afro-Cuban, Brazilian percussionist, and then the drum set, but we played enough together now that we all just sort of fall into our roles naturally, so it's much easier now, so there, I do feel pressure in my own playing, really, to make sure I play as well as I can, and you know, it's, you only, it's on there forever. Right. So I really want to be, you know, I want to really say what I want to say as succinctly and, and as freely as possible, even though that seems like they're, you know, in uh, conflict and not really. You know.
0: So some of the studios you work with, uh, I know you, you split time between the two coasts, right?
1: Right. I mean, I really like the studios in Los Angeles better only because they're, you know, space is not an issue there. In New York, everything is so crowded. And, you know, to have a big... Space. It's a much more expensive studio, but I have an amazing place, private island tracks that I record out in uh, in L.A. And I just get you get you can have a much more luxurious time recording, and not worry so much about the price. But then, then the the place back pocket that I use here in New York, where I recorded uh, a couple of the tunes, and, and I did uh, the sexual healing stuff with Charlie Hunter. Uh, you know, that was a great studio, too. But I just I, I was in L.A. able to have a great Bosendorfer piano and just much more of a relaxed environment. And also, the band, except for John B. Williams, all lives in New York. So when we go out to L.A., we're much more concentrated just on being together and doing the album. So it's a little bit like the old-fashioned times when a band went out to the country and just lived in a house and made a record. It's more right. of that feeling. Do you
0: base yourself out in New York or you split time?
1: Yeah, I base myself out of New York, do I do have a house in L.A., but we, mm-hmm. I have two young kids, four and seven, and they're in school here right in New York City. We live down in the village. And, uh, you know, my wife's an actress and a writer, and so it just feels like that's the most creative place for us to be is right in the heart of New York City. But we love being out in L.A. too. I do film scores, and that's more, you know, the business of film scoring and films is more out in L.A. And, and also it's more peaceful for me out there because I have a little little area, land, and, you know, it's a different kind of environment. So I like both.
0: Well, this week Michael Wolf will be appearing with his band, Impure Thoughts, at the West Bank Cafe. And uh, can you give the the address for that one?
1: Yeah, I can because I happen to have it on a piece of paper okay. right there. Uh huh. And it's <laughs> it's on 42nd Street at Ninth Avenue. It's 407 West 42nd Street in Manhattan, corner of 42nd Street and Ninth Avenue. And uh, I'm gonna uh, there's a phone actually a phone number you can call if you want reservations. So you can just show up. The phone number is 212-695-6909, 695-6909, it's only 10 bucks, and we're going to do a concert thing, and this one is Michael Wolfen concert featuring your Thoughts, so we're going to do one show a night, Wednesday and Thursday will be at 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday will be at 9 p.m., but it's going to be a long show with an intermission, so it's really going to be like a concert. I'm going to start out solo piano, and then add in some duo, a duo with Badal and Tablas, and then a... A thing with Alex Foster on saxophone and piano, and then we'll do some some trio stuff I've been doing with bass and drums and piano, and we'll take a little break, and then we'll come up with a full onslaught of impure thoughts, burning world kind of uh, funk jazz stuff, and we'll do an hour of that.
0: Wow, that's Yeah, I'm excited
1: about it. It's like a little miniature Carnegie Hall concert. That's how I'm looking at it, you know, getting ready for a Carnegie Hall type thing, because (laughs) last year we played the Kennedy Center at the Terrace Theater there. It seats about 1,000 people, and, you know, we were able to do this sort of concert. So it got me thinking, instead of thinking of just one set and then another set, to try to think of a whole evening. So that's what we're putting together.
0: And some of the uh, folks can expect some, some great, diverse music, and, uh, and this uh, album definitely exemplifies uh, what, what you've been listening to. You just don't focus on one genre. How about, uh, what were you listening to in, you know prior to recording this, and what are you digging today down in Greenwich Village?
1: You know, it's interesting. I'm, well, uh, you know, I'm really spending a lot of time composition and orchestration, so I'm listening a lot to, frankly, to Beethoven and Schubert and Messiaen and Ravel and Stravinsky and you know, people like that. Um, and then when it comes to jazz, you know, I always listen to Miles Davis. You know, and they've done a lot of reissue stuff, of Bitches Brew, and In a Silent Way sessions, and, and the the Sketches of Spain stuff he did with Gil Evans. So I always listen to that music. To me, that's just like nutrition. You know, it's like the hippest most delicious meal you could have is listening to that music and then i listen to radiohead i love radiohead I, I listen to my ray charles stuff you know i just have tons of different things i listen to my kids are into different kinds of music so i listen to what they're into you know whether it's in sync or or more hip-hop stuff you know I, i've always been eclectic in my taste with what i like to listen to
0: and you can't go wrong with the record stores in greenwich village i used to live there mm-hmm. when i was going to nyu that was Oh yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's fantastic—the yeah. village records and all that. You can go in and get, you know, vinyl and and CDs. Yeah, and a lot of times I get stuff. I don't even know what it is. I just hear it in the store and get some stuff and listen to it.
0: So why don't we get into uh, a track right now off of uh, Intoxicate Michael yeah. Wolf and Impure Thoughts? You can go to michaelwolf.com and it's with two F's. Uh, with two F's, yeah, that's right. Okay. And uh, all the information on the uh, upcoming tour dates. Uh, he'll be in New York. April 10th through April 13th, the West Bank Cafe. And also, there's a uh, biography and all, all sorts of great information. And there'll be some dates coming up on the West Coast and also uh, overseas. So, Michael Wolf is a very busy musician, and he's my special guest here. And uh, let's see, how about cool? Yeah, that would be you great. Men- you mentioned that uh, kind the, of a different. Uh, yeah, kind we of track.
1: started, you know, this is the first time I think you've ever had Bering bow, which is a Brazilian instrument that looks like a bow and arrow, and a guy hits it with a stick. It's a long wire that really did, with a little with a little big bow and arrow looking thing and then a little round gourd at the end it, just, it just sounds like down, 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 and tablas and bass and piano. that's basically what it is. and um you know I wrote a whole tune with a melody and and we just when we got into the groove, in fact, we were rehearsing and I said, turn on the you know we use pro tools, turn on a machine. <laughs> so it started at right in but in the middle of our groove and we just kept going and then I improvised a few little counter-melody things, and we never got to the real melody, and we just played. It, it, just, it was a magical one-take kind of experience in the studio, and so uh, that was captured. That's one of the great things about being in the studio, when you're set up to just record everything. So uh, that's what cool is.
0: Okay, we're going to get into it right now. This is from Michael Wolf and Impure Thoughts from Intoxicate, and it's cool. And that's cool from Michael Wolf and Impure Thoughts. Intoxicate is the CD. You can go to michaelwolf.com, and that's two Fs. And uh, find out all the information about ordering this great release. And uh, we are going to welcome back to WVOF and eighty-eight point five, Mr. Michael Wolf. So uh, you know, th- this is a, a great uh, diverse album. You find in a lot of people uh, enjoying it, as far as yeah, like it's young so and old.
1: To make her, uh, you know, it, to do anything. First of all, to play live is the main thing that we're about. And so you play and to have people. Respond, but then with a CD, it's a little more distant. So it's nice when people come up and go, "Man, I really like the CD, and it's done really well at satellite X radio. It's been number one and you know top five for a long time. And it's you know it's nice when people are responding to it. So I'm very happy about that, and it's selling pretty well. So can't complain. You
0: know? Yeah, that that that's great. And yeah. I'm glad to see uh, radio um, clicking into it. That, that's yeah, really
1: they've nice. been great. You know, it's not a straight ahead record, but jazz radio has been behind it and. Other kinds of radio, and you know, uh, which is what I like—alternative stuff. College—it's really nice to get that response. Really happy about it. Now, if
0: if you don't mind, if we talk a little bit about your background as a musician, uh, sure. Do you remember the moment that uh, you said to yourself that this is going to be your career and, and your passion?
1: Well, I'll tell you one time. One thing that when I was about twelve years old, my father and I were going. I was living. I had grown up in the South originally, but I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we were going to a wedding, he and I, to in Mississippi. And we stopped off in Las Vegas, and he'd arranged for us to see the Sammy Davis Jr.'s Midnight Show. And and this time, in those days, Sammy Davis would, you know, sing, but he'd play the drums, he played the piano, he played the trumpet, he did all this stuff. And I thought, man, I'd love to do that. And that was the first time I realized that maybe you could do that, some kind of entertaining music, jazzy kind of thing for a living. And then, as uh, you know, I had been taking piano lessons all along, and really, when I got into high school, about 15, 16, that's when I realized that I, I just didn't even consider doing anything else. I just wanted to be a jazz musician. It just seemed like a great thing, and I liked the fact that it was a subculture. It wasn't just the regular society, you know, and, and, then, and it was in Berkeley, California, which was very supportive of being a musician, so I was really lucky, in my... My father was an amateur musician, and he supported me. So I was very lucky to have all that background sort of, sort of preset so that when I wanted to do it, uh, I would say that I was you know, ready to do it. But I think just seeing other people is what really turned me on. I remember once I went and saw Ray Charles. I uh, even seeing James Taylor. You know, just seeing musicians and seeing them up there, that just looked to me like the most exciting thing you could possibly do. and it still feels like that.
0: And do you get out a lot to see uh, live shows? You know, I don't
1: go out as much as I used to. I had two kids, but I do like to go out and hear live music, much more than listen to CDs. I'm just, live music is what does it for me. So I'll go, you know, to clubs here. I'll go to the, you know, the Village Vanguard, whatever clubs have somebody playing that I want to hear. I'll go to concerts. uh, I'll go out to see musicals, opera, you know, whatever. Yeah, I do like to go out and hear it.
0: And, Uh, you know, we mentioned, of course, a lot of people mm -hmm. know uh, your background as being the... uh, the uh, band leader for the Arsenio Hall show, and um, how, how did you first uh, get involved with Arsenio, and how, how did that come about of, of, of running the band there for quite a number of well, years? Well,
1: I was the musical director and band leader for jazz singer Nancy Wilson for about five and a half years, and we were playing a gig. Uh, uh, Hold on ho- a second. <coughs> we uh, so we were playing a gig. We were playing a gig at uh, in Chicago, and Arsenio was our opening act. So what happened was uh we became friends and toured together and and uh at the end of that he said well you know one day i'm going to have a talk show and you're going to do the, the music and i said sure that sounds great man so yeah. you know that's when we got hooked up and then years later he got the gig and called me up i was living in new york and actually wrote me a letter and said do you want to do this and i said okay i'll do it so it worked out really well
0: now you, your band was smoking every night and uh of course you're uh bass player, good friend John B. Williams is still, still oh, well, Yeah, we're still playing together. with it. Yeah. Right. The, those uh the days out there and having musical guests out there were off the top of your head, uh, who blew you away and you were like looking forward to all all week long or months knowing this person was gonna be in the studio with you?
1: Well the people that were the most fun to me were the people that I had grown up with, as my uh, jazz idols. So when Herbie Hancock he came on about five times, you'd get to play with him. You know, he'd play piano and I'd play Rhodes or we'd switch or whatever. That was exciting. Chick Corea, Wayne Shorter, Ayrto, uh people like that. You know, Les McCann was an idol. And then, you know, that's just the, the jazz guys that really blew me away. And then, then what was also really exciting was uh, people, uh, you know, Placido Domingo and Yo-Yo Ma came on. We did stuff with them. I got to play with Al Green, Ray Charles, You know, uh, just so many great artists. It was really, really exciting for me. So, you know, just uh, I would say that, uh, you know, Ray Charles is a person I grew up with, so getting to play with him was really exciting for me. And um, I'm trying to remember, there were just so many great musicians. You know who was great to play with was Phil Collins. He's an amazing musician.
0: Oh, okay. Did you have a, a, a big hand in uh, choosing some of the guests on there?
1: No, okay. no hand at all. I mean, okay. I could make suggestions, and if there's somebody I didn't want on, they wouldn't do it. But I mean, basically, there was a, there was t- there were talent bookers that booked the people, but there were jazz people that I suggested you know, that sometimes they would do. But you know, it was about ratings and record company, and you know, it's all business, you right? Know? Uh, and then sometimes, you know, Arsenio was really a good guy about music. So if I had a friend that I thought would be really great, he would occasionally do that, and he would have friends that he liked, but. It's mostly about business
0: do you see since uh, the show is no longer on the air the the openness to to creative music in, in some respects is not there
1: so that you mean do I think openness in general to creating music? Yeah,
0: well, Arsenio, you know he had a lot mm-hmm. of great mm-hmm. musical guests and stuff uh, like uh, that. Uh, yeah,
1: I think things have changed i don't no I think people are in actually now I think people are getting more and more open to music. The jazz world is certainly opening up from that kind of rigid straight ahead thing to much more accepting of different kind of grooves within it which i think is the natural state of jazz you know not to be uptight but uh, well you know what was great about another thing about arsenio was that we were able to our band which was a live band played with so many great hip-hop artists and scratchers and that had never been done before yeah. you know we have people like big daddy kane and uh, mm. shabba ranks and all these people come and sit in with us to me that was Groundbreaking, So, you know, I don't see things like that happening too much, though. I'm sure they are happening, and there have been, there was that what was it, Studio 54 show, and, you know, there's some other TV shows that do some great stuff with music. But I think Arsenio was the most music-centric of any talk show that there ever was, and I think that's because he loved music so much. So that, when I look at Late Night now, I do think that is definitely missing, you
0: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you ever want to go back in that, or you just did it and that's no, it, left your mark?
1: I would not want to go back in that as a musical director. I would go back. Yeah, you know, I, I write music for television shows or films and stuff, and I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to perform on it. I want, you know, I'll even act, but to go on as a musical director at this point no, I, I think I've I've done made that. your mark, yeah. and I don't think it'll be as good ever be as good a show as our studio. I think I I was lucky to get on the best one, you know, mm-hmm. as far as uh, being a musician. And so I don't think I could top that. And, you know, so why why go backwards? I, I really like the one thing that was difficult about being on a talk show was having to go to work every day at the same place. It was limiting for myself as an artist. It was great for me as a sort of a craftsman to be able to play for all these different people and make them sound good. And I was very proud of our band and proud of the job. It's a very difficult job. But as an artist who wants to create his own thing, I feel like I need the freedom to, to go do that now. You know, I kind of pay my dues with the... A TV show and now I can go be a musician you know and, and you met your wife out there right yeah I met yeah. my wife on the show and not gonna meet another wife on the show so I don't right. need to do another
0: show but yeah that <laughs> worked
1: out great her name is Polly Draper and she's right. an actress who was starring on 30 something right she came right. on as a guest and you know so that's that's worked out great now we have kids and great life so
0: so, uh, so things are mm-hmm. you definitely blessed and uh, yeah and that
1: TV yeah. show has really changed my life in a lot of great ways and mm-hmm. so it was only a positive for me and I am very blessed Yeah, very lucky
0: so folks who have just tuned in my special guest right now is Michael Wolf, talented I, I mean just a great musician pianist composer and he is the leader of a band called Impure Thoughts they'll be at the West Bank Cafe in New York City from April 10th through the 13th and it's going to be a, gr- a great uh, run of dates and uh, no set list right
1: no set list, just a lot of music from my CDs and some improvised stuff and some other stuff, and you know, all mixed in, but definitely no set list.
0: Well, one of the songs which uh you covered on, on the album, uh, Sexual Healing Marvin Gay, uh-huh. and, and you, you know, I've read you have a really great approach to, to how you, you tackle some of the classics like that. Uh, how'd you, how'd you do it because it's a great, great uh version, Michael Wolf style?
1: Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I just try to hear what what's underneath the music you know my father was a psychiatrist and he said what helped him be a psychiatrist was listen to count bass's band because everybody mostly listened to the trumpet and sax but if you what's really happening in the music is the bass and the drums you know what's underneath it so when i hear a tune like you know what's going on or sexual healing or papa was a rolling stone or thank you you and i try to figure it out figure out for myself what moves me what do i just love about this tune what's what's happening. And Sexual Healing is a particularly interesting tune because it's not really a melody, you know? It sounds like he's just kind of, Marvin Gage is kind of going on with, poetically, and it's a beautiful way to do it with a kind of, uh, you know, a little um, almost uh, Jamaican-y vibe underneath, a little calypso vibe, you know? So I just took that concept and really just took some of the little melodies out of it. He goes, get up, get up, get up, get up. Uh, I took that little lick and Da 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 da, the sexual healing. I just took a couple of little licks that I could glean out of it as little landmarks and created a groove with Charlie Hunter, this amazing, you know, eight string guitarist uh, whose guitar has low bass strings and high stuff. And we just came up with that groove and and put those chords together. So it was just trying to find the essence of what I thought was funky in the tune and yet interpret it, like you said, my style through my vision and also knowing. All the musicians that I have, because I try a lot of different tunes to see what works with our band, and they all don't work with the band. It just has to fit with the way we play, also. So this one kind of did.
0: All right, we're going to take a listen to it right now, and then we'll come back and talk further with Michael Wolf. And uh, while you listen to it right now, you can go to michaelwolf.com with two F's and uh, find out all about the upcoming tour dates and ordering the CD, Intoxicate. This is Michael Wolf and Impure Thoughts with Sexual Healing. What a great version of the classic Marvin Gaye song, Sexual Healing. And uh, that's done by Michael Wolf and Impure Thoughts. Uh, Intoxicate is the CD. He is going to be appearing with his band at the West Bank Cafe April 10th, uh, Wednesday, until April 13th. And it's going to be a really great uh, stretch of concerts. And, and you're looking forward to having your, your fine band together, and it's yeah, great. we're really happy about that. It's great to see most of the players on the record are are, are playing with you. So,
1: yeah, on yeah. Saturday night we're going to have oh, is it uh, this Friday night? Actually, Danny Gottlieb is going to come and play drums, a little special thing. And but yeah, it's rest, the rest of it's going to be all the guys on the on the album. Uh, it's it's unique these days to have a band instead of just be a leader and have you know guys that play with you to record with different people. It's so nice to be able to uh, have a band where everybody's you know together on the record and live. so I'm real happy about that.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say that that it is, is rare. You usually see, uh, you know, half the band there and, and people uh-huh. struggling to put something together.
1: Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's how, a challenge.
0: <laughs> now, how about if, if you had, uh, let's say, a month's work of studio time to go in there and, and you could bring in some people you wanted to work with all along these years? You think uh, anybody off the top of your mind, I'm sure you have a
1: well, there are a lot of great musicians I like to play with. But, you know, I, mean, I like to play with Wayne Shorter. And, um, Probably there's uh, Paco Serra is an African drummer I love. Um, Dennis Chambers is another drummer I love. Um, God,
0: yeah, There's too many, right?
1: <laughs> there's just so many great musicians. that I, You know, Marcus Miller. Yeah, there's so many great ones. Oh. And, you know, I like to do things with uh, people in other... Genres, you know, so to do something with the Itzhak Perlman, some kind of way that could be worked out, or that would be really fun. You
0: know. One of the things we talked uh, off air about is that uh, in a few months, or, or maybe even sooner than that, you're going to head on over to Japan, right, for for some Yeah, this summer. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. I made a deal, but my album's going to be distributed over there. So I was over there in January, and. I'm going to go back either the end of June, beginning of July for a couple of weeks and promote the record and play at some clubs there. And Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I love Japan. It's a great place. And the people are totally into all kinds of music and really strong with jazz and funk. And so uh, it's a great great place to have a career going in, as well as Europe. I'll probably go over there the end, in August. I'll probably go over to Europe for about three weeks and do some playing in Paris and London. So, yeah, it's good to, you know, it's a world... It is a world music, you know, it's a world of music these days. So it's great to go out and be able to play for every different kind of people, you know. That's what I'm into. I'm not into just one thing. I mean, that's how my music is. I like to include many different things. It's like I like I have two dogs. I have a cocker spaniel and then I have a mutt and I like my mutt much better, you know. Uh-huh. So that's how I like things <laughs> mixed, you know.
0: Uh, you know, mutt music, that's what I call m- it. Mutt music. I uh-huh. love <laughs> Michael Wolf and uh-huh. Pure Thoughts and also uh I mean, it's up on your website, michaelwolf.com. Uh, you've got some some shows on the West Coast?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to be going right after the West Bank. You know, the West Bank is coming out Wednesday, the 10th through the 13th, 8 on Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, 9 o'clock on Friday and Saturday. That's at 42nd Street and 9th Avenue in New York. And then after that, on Monday, I'm going to go out to L.A., and that Thursday we're going to be playing at the, uh, it's called L.A. Jazz 2002. It's a big festival. Sonny Rollins is doing one night Wayne is headlining one night. We're headlining Thursday night, the 18th at uh, it's Bovard Hall at USC, so I'm really proud about that. And then, you know, come back to New York and do a little writing, and then we, we go back out to the Riverside Jazz Festival, out about an hour east of L.A., and we'll be out there for a while and do a little tour on the West Coast. And actually, after the USC thing, I forgot we're going to go to Colorado. We're going to play in Fort Collins and in Denver. So, yeah, just doing, traveling, you know, hitting different little areas, and you know, putting together a little you have to put together little sections, and we'll do our little southern thing probably in the fall. We'll do New Orleans and Austin and Houston, and uh, you know, do our little thing. You know, it's fun to get out and play these different places. We've had a really good Midwestern thing going where we play Cleveland, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, we play Ann Arbor, Michigan, Buffalo, New York, and we're gonna actually play this big. Uh, jazz festival, outdoor jazz festival in Indianapolis in July, and we'll be there for a couple of days. So, yeah, it's very fun.
0: Now, now traveling yourself, um, as far far as instruments, do you, do you have things uh, back loaded right there, ready for you?
1: Well, how, how do you work it? On these big concerts, we don't have to bring anything too much, but usually, um, you know, they have a piano, and we're trying to bring as little as possible. We have to bring the tablas, some percussion instruments, sometimes the drums. It just depends. But hopefully the people will supply it. the back line, as they call it, which is the amplifiers and the drums and stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot harder to travel than it used to be since September 11th. Yeah, right. So we've been driving a lot more. We used to always fly everywhere. And now we're finding driving is a lot easier than going out and waiting in those lines for two hours at the airport and hassling with the instruments and saxophone even. And You know, we just find just hop in the van and go. So... Or we'll fly to one, take one big flight, like to the West Coast, and then drive around there. Or one we do to the Southwest, fly into Albuquerque, and then do Taos, Santa Fe, Colorado, that way, in the van. So, you know, just you have to work it out to be as economic and as easy, also just as easy as possible so that you can have your energy to play in the music. Right. You don't have to just, So as Kenny Rankin, the singer, used to say, I play for free, I get paid to travel. And that's really how it feels out there, you know.
0: How about uh, as far as far as traveling? How about some rooms that uh, that you'd love to play? Uh, that
1: you know, if they well, have... you know, I played a lo- most places or many many places. You know, as a side sideman with different people, and I've got I got to play the Kennedy Center twice in the last year with my band. I was so thrilled. I got to play at the Terrace Theater, a complete concert, and then I played with the uh, National Symphony Orchestra, or orchestrated. A couple of pieces for for our band and orchestra with Marvin Hamlisch conducting at the Big Hall. I mean, that was a dream come true. Now I'd like to go be at Carnegie Hall uh, and do my concerts. I mean, that's kind of what I'm gearing this stuff for at the West Bank to make it like a big concert. So that's my goal in the next year or two to be able to do that. And then there's some, there's some beautiful places. Um, I was over in Turkey last summer, and we went and visited Ephesus, which is a an old, you know, early early town. And I would love to play there. They have a beautiful outdoor theater, Greek theater there. So, you know, I'd like to be at the Greek theater in Berkeley, California, the Playboy Jazz Festival. I played at in L.A. a lot of times, but not with this band. So I like to take this band back to a lot of places that I've played before.
0: And one of the things we should give credit uh, to your parents for some of the the sounds.
1: Eritrea and Yemen and Ethiopia about five years ago. And they travel all over the world a lot. And they brought back these cassettes. And frankly, I didn't even know what was on him because it was some kind of Arabic writing or something or whatever. And I started listening to it, and I heard the mix of the Indian and the African, and that's when I decided, oh, this would be perfect for me, for the way I want to play. So I called up Badal Roy on Tablas, just because I didn't know him. I'd just seen him on records with Miles Davis and, you know, Baha Vishnu and Look Farm and stuff. So he came, and we started writing together, and that's how the whole genesis of the band came about.
0: So there you go. And and the CD is available right now. It is on
1: Indianola
0: Music Group. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can go to michaelwolf.com, with two F's.com, get all the information on the bio. Real nice site. Who does your site, by the way?
1: Pardon me? Who who does your website? It's a group called Fast Atmosphere. They're out on the West Coast. Okay. Two guys, two young guys. But they do a great job.
0: And your bio and ordering information for your catalog of CDs. Yeah, uh, Michael Wolf and his band in Pure Thoughts at the West Bank Cafe uh, this week, Wednesday through Saturday, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be different each and every night.
1: And yeah, it's going to it's always be different during the night. Yeah, you yeah, it's exciting. I'm am I'm, I'm hoping people will come down and enjoy themselves. We usually do well there. It's only ten bucks, and for New York, that's really a bargain. There's no minimum or anything, so you can just come and groove.
0: So, so do I need to get uh, my tuxedo over to the dry cleaners for next no, year's no. date over at the uh, Carnegie your, Hall? Want, Carnegie yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah.
1: Get warmed <laughs> up for <time> Carnegie <laughs> Hall. There you go. This is just a this is a miniature little place. It's a great place. It holds about 130 people, right. and it's like a little concert thing. And it's a really a great place to play.
0: Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping to come down if I can uh, work it with my schedule here. That one of the nights. Yeah, I hope weekend. you
1: can make yeah. it down, man.
0: That'll be great. Uh, as the phones ring and uh, yeah, that's the other line. Don't <laughs> worry about it. But you know what, uh, Michael? We're going to get into a, a track and uh, wish you uh, a lot of success on, on the upcoming dates. and And thanks so much for. Appearing well, here. thanks
1: for having me on. I really appreciate it, and, and you know, appreciate you playing the CD and the people who are listening. It means a lot to me.
0: Okay, let's right. see. Uh, we've got Witch Hunt, uh, which we're going to play right now from Michael Wolf. Cool. And mm-hmm. then we'll get into a, a song uh, you did, uh, Pandora's Box. Right, with, that's a tune that I wrote with your son, right?
1: Uh, No, the one I wrote with him is called Bells.
0: Okay, Bells. Well, why don't we go with Bells? We'll go with Witch Hunt and Bells. Great. uh, And just thanks so much, Michael. Okay, thanks. Okay.
1: Talk to you soon.